Welcome to Outwit Outplay Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 4, Music to My Ears. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? I think production fixed the new tribes. There is absolutely no way that a random selection kept everybody with their closest allies. Be so serious. There's no way. Like, having Dee and Julie still together on one, fraudulent. Having Austin and Drew still together on one, also fraudulent. And I think they made it so that they kept the dynamic of having one tribe that is still um, kind of considered the the mismatch, the weakest links, like Islands of the Misfit Toys. And then they have two other tribes that are like strong, stable, and basically who they were. Also, I think the Tika slash Lulu beach is cursed, um, especially when Bruce was like, I'm back on this beach. And I think they always use that beach for whatever's going to be the weakest link tribe. This is my new conspiracy theory. Yeah, I was about to say, welcome back to uh, Kayla's conspiracy corner over here. <laughs> My goodness, this is quite an accusation. You think there is tribe stacking occurring among these producers? There's absolutely tribe stacking. I think they filmed the picking like after the fact or something. Like here, just take these new buffs out of the this bag and like pretend. There's some editing My magic goodness. happening for sure. That is a federal offense, as far as I'm concerned, if true. Okay, that is that's fire. That is a fire take. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my fire take is one I already know Kayla's going to disagree with, which is that early tribe swaps are great. I love an early tribe swap. I'm really happy that this tribe swap occurred when it did, and I think it was not only a necessary response, of course, to the dwindling numbers of Lulu, but also. What it does is it means that we have shaken up tribe boundaries that too often you go into the merge and you have sort of like boring, everyone stays loyal to their tribe dynamics. I think that like given how early this occurred, we're not going to have like a big tribe loyalty effect by the time we get to the merge, which I think just frees us up to play Survivor. It's going to be a bunch of individuals pursuing their self-interest. We're going to get all the game theory and intrigue that you would expect from that equation without lugging this ball and chain of who used to be your tribe. Because also, they kept the same tribe names. So even as podcasters, I don't even know how we're going to describe who was original Reba versus second I'm worried Reba about and that. all this. <laughs> Me too. It's a problem for the pod, but it's not a problem for the quality of entertainment on Survivor. That's my pitch. Coming up, we'll break down this week's episode. We're going to have to unpack our second quit in these first four episodes of this season of Survivor. And then, of course, we'll end with our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. Run it. So after Lulu gets back from a very eventful tribal, Caleb is feeling grateful to Enemy. It turns out his investment in this investment analyst paid off. Meanwhile, we've got Sean (laughs) trying to mend fences while praying for a tribe swap. He gets his wish soon after when Jeff tells the tribes to drop their buffs. We end up with three tribes under the same names, as previously mentioned. On the new Reba tribe, we have four former Rebas, Sifu, D, Julie, and Jay, and one Lulu, Sean. On the new Lulu tribe, we have four former Bello, 
Katura, Jake, Kelly, and Bruce, and one Lulu, Caleb. And on the new Bello tribe, we have two former Bello, Kendra and Brando, two former Rebu, Rebo, Reba, Drew and Austin, and one Lulu, Emily. As you can tell by me stumbling over my words, this is very A confusing. cat has got his tongue, our play-by-play commentator. My goodness. I know. Yeah, unforced error here. Uh, yeah, but I think I kind of can blame it on the fact that we have new tribes, quote-unquote, but also not new tribes and former versions of tribes and current versions of tribes. So there's just a lot going on. But I wanted to stop the first leg of the recap here because a lot happens in a tribe swap. I think there's a lot to discuss here. So, Kayla, what did you think about the way in which this swap ended up, besides the fact that it was engineered secretly by the producers? Yeah, obviously engineered um, <laughs> by dark money. Um, <laughs> I think that they were not planning for this to happen. And that's also why we're keeping the same names because typically when we go down to two tribe, like typically when they do this, it'll go from three tribes to two tribes. We'll get new buff colors and one beach will just go out of commission. Um, I actually don't think they were planning to do that this season. I don't think they were planning to have any kind of swap until the merge because otherwise they would have already had different color buffs in production. They would have given different color, different names. I just think they didn't have the resources to get us the new materials. And therefore we had to keep, um, keep the same colors. So I guess what I want to ask you, has, has your faith in these in the, the producers this season been profoundly shaken to the, the point where now you The producers sort of... need to go <laughs> yeah. to jail. I will say, the I, did they get a new round? Did they panic at the 90-minute episodes? The producers, and I've said this before, I think they're going to have a serious reckoning with Mr. Jeff Probst <laughs> by the way the season is going. I think they are messing up and some of our fans also agree and we'll get to that later in vampire takes i don't know if our fans agree i i feel like casting i'm seeing things that i am not so sure about i don't know if the producers are in the casting rooms or how the division of responsibilities works on survivor actually somebody write in and let us know the difference between casting and production we don't know hollywood we don't know how this works. Um, okay, but <laughs> we got to put these conspiracies aside at some point. How about we, we react to the substance of what occurred? One thing that I will say that I did kind of like about the way this all turned out, getting one Lulu on each of the three tribes ended up being like a really good sort of storytelling mechanism where we kind of got the Lulu tribes members perspective on the dynamics associated with each of these. So that means we had Emily sort of in the middle of her new tribe and sort of being perceived as the crucial swing vote. We had Sean who was exploring the new dynamics and looking for cracks and trying, you know, he finds J Maya and that exposes sort of a a division with Sifu. Um, And then Caleb, of course, being his salesman self. I just liked how we sort of centered the perspective of, of a Lulu on each tribe. They were kind of an audience surrogate. And then we saw these new tribes through their eyes. And we have spent a lot of time with Lulu. So we're kind of familiar with the narrator. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, do you think they picked them specifically? Because we've spent so much time with them and we have the greatest sense of their personalities and therefore view them as trusted narrators. You're trying to Jedi mind trick me into agreeing (laughs) with your conspiracy theory. I don't think they were picked. I think that this is genuinely how it happened. However unlikely you may see it as. Okay, well, why don't we jump? <laughs> why don't we jump to the next leg of the recap here? Because uh, there is a lot of episode to cover. That that this all came only like 
15 minutes maybe into the episode. Maybe. Uh, and one thing, I, maybe. And then we had a lot of tribe time, like as much tribe time as you'd expect from a premiere. I, I love say, tribe time. I love tribe time. We have a lot of tribe time. More. So let's talk, let's talk about tribe time. Um, so at the new Lulu, and I'll go camp by camp here, Bruce gets emotional when he realizes this is the same beach he was medevaced from last season as a member of Tika. Katura interviews Caleb about the advantage contest Bruce went on, clearly trying to catch Bruce in a lie, which Bruce is not happy about. If it was ever a mystery that Bruce, uh, that Katura was not a big fan of Bruce to Bruce, it is no longer. <laughs> Caleb is playing the field, as always, being his friendly salesman self. When Katura decides to give him some information, it turns out the information is that Bruce is annoying. We get a little montage of Katura doing Bruce impressions and describing how much he hates all his little bits. At the new Bello, Emily has really turned over a new leaf. She is positive, curious, and open, and she credits Caleb with teaching her the importance of getting to know people. She also seems to be in a powerful position as the swing vote between the former Bello and former Reba twosomes. Drew and Austin, who, by the way, have an idol, a safety without power, and a goodwill advantage, recruit Emily to their alliance, and boy, is she happy. At the new Reba, Sifu, Dee, and Julie go through Sean's bag, even replicating the way he tied the strings. Jay and Sean hit it off, and Jay proposes blindsiding Sifu to Sean, but the other Reba members seem skeptical of her plan. At a cage-carrying, digging, basket-shooting immunity challenge, Jeff commentates from a long balance beam stretching into the ocean. Uh, that made the cut for my Loved. recap. Sorry, I thought it was very... <laughs> no, I thought, I was like, this is cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lulu, led by Caleb, ends up winning by a big margin. Bello finishes second, and Reba is going to try ball. Kayla, what did you make of this middle section of the episode? Um, the first thing that I didn't know I wanted to talk about, but that I actually do, is do you think it was a mistake for Emily to credit so much of her game so early on to Caleb? Because is there a world where we get we're getting down to numbers and folks either keep that in mind and are worried and perhaps they stay in this alliance and start Spider-Man pointing at each other and they want to differentiate the game. Like, do you think she's making an error by not giving herself more credit? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think she, for the most part, it seems to be a audience facing thing that she's like giving all this credit to Caleb. If there's a situation where Caleb is, in the final tribal and Emily is at the end. I think that would be really interesting because Caleb could be educating the other jury members about her growth story. And that could be to her benefit or not. I think there's a way in which Emily listening to good advice and then changing her approach is like emblematic of the kind of flexibility and adaptation you need she did to take that feedback. player. Yeah, she's, she's nothing if not coachable. <laughs> I think that's a great skill. I consider myself very coachable, in fact. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Emily has, again, the redemptive arc, which I started tracking in episode two before many people were on the hunt for it, I think is continuing for Emily. Are you back on Emily? I'm not ever going to be back on Emily because yeah. I've already been spoiled, but I appreciate that others are going to find her story um, compelling and have more empathy than me. <laughs> There you go. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Bruce and Katura here. I just live for these like montages of Katura mocking Bruce. It's so clear that he is just like taking up free real estate in her head 24 seven. In her mind, only... living rent free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like episode one, 
I was kind of like, oh, Katura probably is representing everyone's opinions. Now I'm like, boy, it sure seems like Katura is the only one annoyed by Bruce. But I also think it's one of those things where he, I bet you that man snores. And I know she's up at night just thinking about his snoring. It's wrecking her sleep. Like, I think I can, you can draw a whole narrative based on this one little thread. Even his breathing. He probably is a loud breather. And every little thing he does just gets under her skin. Okay, first we have postulating about producer-led conspiracies. Now we're just guessing that Bruce is a loud breather and therefore Katura is justified. If you go back to episode one and you look at the prototypes, this Bruce falls into somebody's (laughs) uncle. He did that himself. And somebody's uncle is always a loud breather. And that's that. You're you're (laughs) citing Bruce's archetype as evidence of his character. I love that. No notes. Uh, Another interesting thing that I feel like always has to be discussed when it when it occurs, we have the former Reba tribe go through Sean's bag. Um, I think there's like ethical and strategic dimensions to this. It's always interesting to me that yes, this is allowed according to the rules of survivor. So Kayla, what's your view on sort of the bag searching of it all? It's boring. Nothing's we're at the point where nobody's ever keeping anything in their bag anymore. No one's ever doing it. They're keeping it in a sock in their sports bra. Like the tactic is played and therefore i think they should stop doing it do you think that allowing bag searching ends up creating audience interest because you have like people hiding their idols i think there's been once once or twice where someone was like uh where did i hide my idol and then they're panicking so maybe there's like entertainment value because you know your bag isn't safe you're then looking for other hiding places on the island You think it's, okay, it's forcing creativity. Okay, I'm open to that. I personally would like to get to a place in Survivor where they're okay with stealing idols. Now that, that would get spicy. (laughs) If you could take an idol off somebody. I, I know that's antithetical to Survivor and may the best player win and camaraderie. We're out here for the right reason. So I don't think from a brand perspective, this actually is alignment with the show that anybody is trying to create. But for my personal entertainment, I would love if there was some stealing involved. Yeah, I will say I watched, I I forget what it's called. I'll have to come back to the listeners with it. But there is like a survivalism themed reality show where there were different camps and you could fully burn people's shelters down, steal their supplies. Okay, and it much. became it became <laughs> Lord of the Flies very quickly. So I guess also sort of be careful about the slippery slope. Okay, slippery this. slope, no. I am yeah, not yeah. for shelter burning. I am not for food stealing. Idols only. Fun and games only. <laughs> All right, last leg of the recap. At Lulu, Bruce hilariously pretends to have lost the flint, but Caleb ultimately gets to enjoy his first fire on Survivor. That is the only Ooh. sentence of this recap that is that is about a tribe other than Reba, but I thought it deserved mention. All right, at Reba, Sifu seems pretty convinced that his former tribe members will stay strong. Sean is scrambling, and Jay still wants Sifu out. Dee appears to get on board, but Julie is clearly hesitant. She would prefer to keep the tribe strong. At Tribal, the Reba ladies are laying it on a little thick about how clearly Sean is on the outs. It all felt a little performative to me. Sifu compares Sean to a burger he doesn't want. 
which another one of those survivor moments where I'm like, am I unaware of an idiom or did someone just say something odd? That man is hungry. That's what's happened here. (laughs) He's hungry. And then Jeff asked Sean, if you're voted out tonight, what have you learned from your survivor experience? A classic Jeff question. Cue an emotional speech where Sean talks about the value of learning from failure and the time he lost growing up in a conservative Mormon community. He says the truth, true adventure of his lifetime is back home with his husband, Matt, and he doesn't want to lose any more time. So he asks his tribe to write his name down. Jeff is shocked. He calls it an engineered quit. And he asks Sean what's so different about leaving on day nine compared to day 26. But Sean makes it perfectly clear once again, he wants to be voted out. Right before the vote, Dee whispers Sifu's name to Julie wanting to stick with their plan despite Sean's wishes. Here's the vote breakdown. With a throwaway vote, Sean votes for D. D votes for Sifu, and Julie and Jay and Jay vote for Sean. On his way out, Sifu asks Sean if he voted for him, and Sean confirms, no, he did not. So Sifu is big mad at one of his fellow Reba tribe mates. What'd you think, Kayla? What you got to say? I read somewhere, which this is not very um, surprising. This is obvious because this is how math works. But they said we're four episodes into Survivor and 50% of the castaways at Tribal have quit. And I think when you just put it in that perspective, you can tell that something has gone seriously wrong here. Um, I've read some takes that Sean wanted to make sure that he got voted out before the jury. Um, so that he was in the first wave of folks leaving back to the States from Ponderosa. But you still have to spend a significant number of weeks at Ponderosa, and we are far from the jury. So I think something else is going on. And perhaps he was just in it for the money and realized and didn't feel confident in his path toward a million dollars. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of color to share on that topic. We have Jeff's thoughts. We have Sean himself has spoken spoken up. Um, so we want to get into all of that. But Kayla, you wanted to take us through a fan fire take that we thought did a really excellent job of encapsulating a lot of the central topics involved in this tribal council. I sure did. So we got a fan fire take from Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. Um, I will start off by reading nice things about ourselves because your hosts are both Leos. So it reads, (laughs) hello, Isaac and Kayla. Your podcast is, as this episode title would suggest, music to the ears of survivor watchers all over. It brings me great delight to recommend your show to every fan I encounter. Last week, I had too many thoughts while listening with my boyfriend, Jake, and the pod style attribution. And then she goes into it. We are using the bottom half of her amazingly written fanfire take to guide our discussion of this tribal, but I did want to take a moment to first acknowledge that Natalie disagreed with me that last week that it was terrible television, and she instead calls last week's tribal with Sabaya's idol cookery a transcendent TV, an incredible gameplay by all parties, um... And I love that we're really stirring the pot because that was one of our goals this season. So I love that everyone is getting in with their own fire takes. Please keep them coming. Send them to outwitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. That is my plug. Now back to this week's tribal. So Sean's quit. 
Natalie asks, if anything, from what Jeff suggested on his rival, quote, lesser, podcast, is that perhaps our fearless host himself tipped the scales too far with his questions to Sean in Tribal. Would love to hear your thoughts on this theory of what could have been. And I will post this question to my co-host, Isaac. Isaac, what do you think? Yeah, so um, we actually have evidence on this question, so I don't even need to offer uh, conjecture. Um, Both Jeff and Jeff postulated on his podcast that Sean made a live decision in response to Jeff's question about what you learned from Survivor. And Sean confirmed that. Uh, Sean said that when he walked into Tribal, he kind of had this epiphany. Um, He had been playing Survivor, he said, to recapture lost time that he had lost during his conservative Mormon uh, upbringing. And he kind of realized in this moment, I think associated with Jeff asking him the question, that that was an unreasonable thing to ask of this adventure, that you can't reclaim lost time. And I think when his mission statement associated with his whole reason for being on Survivor was questioned by himself, he just kind of like it, it broke. He made a live decision, literally, that he wanted to be voted out. Um, there was no lead up to it. There was no indication in any of his conversations with producers or tribe mates that this was coming. This was truly an epiphany, light switch on off moment. And, and he made the call. I will say I want to defend Jeff for a second here. I think Jeff should continue to ask this question. Um, fair question. Yeah, I think it's a fair question when he asks, like, if you're voted out, what does this mean? And other folks, uh, former survivors have been who've been on the show. One, we've seen this question before as fans, but other survivors who've been on the show say Jeff asks this like all the time of a lot of people. So it is in no way like tipping it, it, it in no way like tips someone to the fact that they might be at risk, which I think is something that people were talking about also in the community. And also, I don't think it's very likely that it leads to this cascading emotional response. It was very particular to the circumstances Sean felt himself in. Um, so yeah, I, according to Jeff and Sean, the question itself was sort of the prompts, uh, that, that led to this change. And I want to read a quote from an an interview Jeff did because it's about Sean's quit specifically. And once again, salty Jeff is here. Call him salty, call him spicy. He's bringing all the spices, uh, this season. Uh, so (laughs) this is what Jeff had to say about Sean's quit. So the reason Sean frustrated me is that I don't think he owned it. Hannah, equally frustrating, but she owned it. She said, look, I hate everything about Survivor. <laughs> Sean romanticized she did. it. And I am happy that Sean's in love. Everybody knows I love love. Kayla, everyone knows Jeff Probst loves love. I mean, was that ever in doubt? I think it's awesome. I'm just saying that romanticizing it felt to me like maybe a way to soften the idea of being voted out fourth in a game you imagined winning. So Jeff and I are aligned. I think Jeff and I might be walking hand in hand down a similar path where I'm not going to say he wasn't called and felt that in this moment his purpose had been diverted. But I do think when you've built something up your whole life and you realize it's not going your way, you're trying to hit the eject button um, pretty quickly. And also, I'm sure after Hannah left, they all went back to the tribe and talk shit and was also trying to kind of perhaps save some relationships with his tribe members who he's probably trying to like stay in community with. And also 
we forget i'm full of conspiracies today um we forget survivor is a quick path to becoming a creator and an influencer and so it's good to good to project that image and be a person who's still within the survivor community wow yeah you are you're coming at (laughs) principal sean um for that point i will say that Sean, now with hindsight, intensely regrets his decision. That's a direct quote. And he said he regrets it because he wished he had been able to just sort of adapt his mindset when he realized that his sort of naive expectation of Survivor that he could use it to reclaim lost time wasn't going to be fulfilled. He should have just been like, hey, I'm here to play the game now. But something just sort of rattled loose in his brain. And I will say... I wonder if quitting is sort of a viral illness in some sense, because I think the fact that oh, I think it is. And made this and made this same ask at tribal, like, I think it just, it, it, it brought into greater relief, a possibility in probably everyone's mind. And it just made Sean, I think, slightly more predisposed to like viewing this as a legit option. Isaac, did you ever play team sports as a, as a youth? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, do you recall a phenomenon where you'd have a game against a particularly harsh opponent and one person maybe like sprains an ankle, has little tummy troubles on the field and you're like, I could just simply sprain my ankle and also uh, go sit yes. on the bench with a nice warm blanket and a cup of cocoa. I just think yep. there's some parallels. <laughs> I'm, I, is this a hypothetical that you're producing or is this a memory? Please, please. That's actually no one's business. <laughs> I'm moving back to our lovely writer, Natalie, who gives us another Understood. Heard loud and clear. Okay. Right. She reads, I have to bring up Sifu's supposed hidden immunity idol as J. Maya's rationale for this week's vote. Parentheses. Before Sean ruined our fun. What are D and Julie thinking? It's not like they forgot about Austin and Drew's advantage. They won it for those boys. I respect they were keeping the existence of that idol close to their chest, but it makes so little sense to me that they'll vote out Sifu on J. Maya's logic, knowing it's not reality. Can they talk down J. Maya without telling her about the idol to stay Reba strong? Or am I misunderstanding the role the idol was playing in J. Maya's decision-making? Thoughts? I mean... I don't think I don't think you're missing anything, Natalie. And I hadn't really made had this thought before you suggested it, but you're 100 percent right. Like Julie and D pretty much know with 100 percent certainty that Sifu doesn't have an idol. It's only Jay who has that misimpression because she is the only one not she and Sifu are not privy to the fact that Austin and Drew already found all these darn advantages. So yeah, and I will say also like the trajectory of this decision threw me so many times. At first, I thought Jay was being so all of a sudden, because she seemed like a very subtle player so far, she seems so forward with putting Sifu's name forward in a situation where already everything is sort of a little turbulent anyway, because you've just switched tribes. So I thought for sure D and Julie were going to look at Jay and be like, sure, yeah, whatever you say, and then maybe vote her off because she just seemed to be coming really strong at Sifu. And as Natalie points out, like Sifu actually not a threat in the sense that he doesn't have any secret advantages. What do you think, Kayla? I think this goes back to my theory of last week that Sifu is actually secretly annoying and is just making uh, their time on the on the island really unpleasant. And therefore, that is why they want him to go. And I think Jay Maya is, again, just really the one who would be most perturbed by what I will now call his loud breathing. 
Okay, there you go. I like that as like a loud breathing. Euphemism. This episode is a euphemism <laughs> for being the absolute worst. <laughs> there you go. Sorry to any loud breathers who might listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers, loud breathers. I've got a hit list. <laughs> Racking them up. So one last question from our wonderful, wonderful listener. I wanted to call them a viewer, but Isaac always judges me for that. Um, so the fact that Dee still wrote Sifu's name after Sean's hollow sacrifice just makes me more baffled than ever about the logic behind their vote. I think the logic of this was that they felt this was like still a good opportunity and could maybe actually vote out Sifu. I don't think that they, based on the tribal, I don't know what edit we got, but I think they probably thought that there was some world where we actually just made Sean stay um, since Jeff forced the vote anyway. And that's what they were banking on because it was really congenial at camp. They all seemed to really like Sean, agree that he was possibly someone that they could work with and definitely be a vote for them. So I think she was trying it. I do think she tried it with the wrong partner because Julie so far has is seeming to play a very conservative survivor game where she's really big on strength of the team. She wants to make sure things are done ahead of time. And I do think that she, I wouldn't expect her to be down for this, like the whispering tribal where we are making decisions on the fly. I don't think you could get her down for that. Yeah. I think D made the wrong call here. I do think that her vote indicates that the plan of record, which Jeff says also the evidence point to was to vote out Sifu and it was Jay and Julie who, because of Sean's live confession that he wanted to quit, um, ended up just being convinced that they should just vote for Sean. And D is the only one who didn't switch. Um, yeah, I think just an error in judgment from D because you have to, you have to anticipate the situation in which people are convinced by what Sean is saying about wanting to quit. And then one person voted for Sifu, but he's still here. And that's exactly the situation that we're going to unpack next week. So even though we did get another quit this week, at least we have a little bit of intrigue in stirring the pot because all is not well among the Reba four now that D voted for Sifu. So now for our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. Kayla, whose stock is rising for you this week? It's the Emily Drew Austin Alliance. I actually think this one could work. This one I love. It has enough unexpectedness. I think everybody is a strong player in interesting ways. You could make the argument at this point. Um, And people just really won't suspect it. And... I think Emily's cutthroat enough that perhaps she wouldn't let herself get to a place where, of course, in the end, Drew and Austin try and like chop her off or something. I think she's really actually very good at seeing around these corners and will have a clear and direct conversation with them before anything got too far. And as you saw with the idol, they absolutely panicked once anything started to kind of go off stray of their plan. So I think she'll actually be able to keep them in check, but they're strong enough players that I think there's a power balance and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I like it. I think they complement one another well. Um, up for me this week is someone who's been down in previous weeks, Bruce. I think Not it's Bruce. become more and more clear. 
I think, boy, I'm like upping all of your least favorite characters this season. <laughs> um, Bruce is indisputably up to me because it's become clear that this is a Katura problem, rightly or wrongly. Like, I don't think I would get along with Bruce either, but it doesn't seem like the rest of this cast of this survivor is bothered by him um, anywhere near to the degree Katura is. And also Bruce ended up on a tribe where he has a clear majority. I think that they're going to perform well. Um, I think he has more options than he had previously. He was on the bottom of Bella. He was sort of on the outs. And now I think he no longer is. He is in more of an inner circle with decision-making. So I think that's advantage his game a lot. But Kayla, who is down for you this week? Whose stock was falling? Unfortunately, it is Katora. I hate that because yeah. I just know yeah. it's in alignment with her and I'm afraid that she'll be voted off. And I don't think the tribe shuffle really helped her. Like, yeah, nothing is kind of working in her favor right now. I do think if we can make to get to the merge and get a more individual game going, maybe, but it's a tough path. I always respect people on Survivor who seem like an independent variable, like, not really sort of influenced by the group dynamic on their tribe. And I would say Katura is definitely that, which makes her Katura's one of my, her own thing. <laughs> right. It makes her, it, it makes her one of my favorite people to watch because she's just giving something different. I feel like she it does not succumb to group think, I guess she's very much a maverick in her own person. Um, down for me this week, I'm going to go with Brando. I think Brando had a really good thing going on Bello and that, uh, Bellow, right? Yeah, on Bellow. And now he does have one other Bellow, but he's on the tribe that's the shakiest that depends on Emily. It doesn't seem like he and Kendra are managing to pull in Emily. Austin and Drew have sort of beat them to the punch. And I think Kendra is one of the people on the former Bellow tribe that Brando probably would work the least well with. I think they're just very different vibes. Yeah. So Brando is a character who I was big on his potential to go far in this game. He's sort of our Carson this season to some degree, but I think his game took a real hit with this tribe swap. Also, I just think it's so funny how they put Jake in all the like promos, but he barely had a role. <laughs> yeah, and I'm worried about Jake's health. I We could have another medevac. I'm just going to say it now. All right, folks. Well, that's all we had for this week. Before I break into the usual outro, I want to share this quote from Marcel Proust in Search of Lost Time, because it really made me think about Sean, and I think we can all be generously spirited in reaching out to our buddy Sean. Uh, The quote from Marcel Proust is, love is a striking example of how little reality means to us. And while we might perceive Sean's decision as a quit, I think it's a real example of the transcendent power of love to make us do even irrational things. But that's all from us this week, folks. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at outwitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. (laughs) 